this is Idle Inspiration, the podcast about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I'm David. I'm Seth. And we're joined by Seth, our good friend Seth, here to talk once more about uh, tabletop role-playing games. So Seth pitched this topic. <laughs> Seth pitched the topic of party balance, and we started talking about like what what Seth was really like getting at there, like what what did you want to talk about in that sphere? And he said more about the like table etiquette side of it, like making sure that people aren't stepping on each other's toes during uh, you know, character creation, all that stuff. So we decided to zoom out even further and talk about table etiquette, right? So when we're playing tabletop role-playing games, what is proper etiquette, right? What how do you be a good player um playing a tabletop role-playing game? And one of those things would be, right, not um uh, stepping on other players toes such as in the case of party balance right not you know someone wants to be a rogue and you demand that you get to be the rogue that's that's not a good example of, of table etiquette but let, let's uh, let's zoom out even further um uh i'm trying to think of where we want to start exactly uh i guess general thoughts uh seth you you pitched the topic um when you think about table etiquette and maybe like thinking about your games that you've either run or been in um what are some things that like immediately come to mind for like good table etiquette uh first things first is just kind of like table mediation for me um i don't know if you've ever if you guys have ever been at a table where people kind of argue with each other not like like major arguments but that's a definitely like uh do people want to be a paladin, but we, how do we like mitigate that and keep that to them, uh, keep that separate enough to where they can get what they want, but also keep the party, you know, balanced and the etic and the respect behind that and just keep making sure everybody doesn't bite each other's heads off. Yeah, it's one of the kind of like unspoken also does, in, in a lot of ways, unspoken rules of like being a GM that you're like your job is also to play referee and like mediator between right. the other players. Um, and sometimes that's not necessarily immediately obvious that that's like what you what your job is. Right. It's like, oh, I thought I was just supposed to be playing the monsters or whatever. Um, but yeah, most of the time that's like the perfect person to be that that referee because you're kind of taking a top down approach to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important not to be like. I mean, it's not exclusively the GM's job, right? Like this, that's yep. the table's job to do that. But they are in a position, like you said, where they're they're already the third party, theoretically, uh, you know, the neutral by, bystander. Yeah, so th they naturally fit that, and you know, they have sort of an authority over the of the over the narrative, so it transitions easily to that. But it is important, I think, also for players to understand that they that is their responsibility too. Like they can't have the GM. GM's not their parent, right? Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't have to corral them. Yeah, you're there to run the game, not babysit a bunch of adults. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. There's an aspect of like everybody needs to be adults and not like need a babysitter. Uh -huh. Yeah, for sure. But uh, some, yeah. If in the case that something like that comes up, it's it usually falls on the GM. Uh, but it's good. It's good for players to just have. Um, I think uh, just proper expectations going into right. a game, right? Like just all the players should be on the same page. Uh, and this is one of the reasons that ta uh, session zero is pretty popular yeah. these days, um, right? Um, not even just game creation, like let's talk about our characters and, and make the characters and all that stuff. Um, but like, let's set the ex proper expectations. What is this game actually going to be uh, tonally? Um, like, are there any uh, content? Is there any content that's like off limits? Like, does anyone just not want 
X to be in the game. Um, and it's good to talk about those things up front right away. Um, and yeah, to set proper expectations, talk about like, um, uh, like for example, table rules, like, um, what happens when the die falls off the table or something like that. Right. Right. When it's right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. When making sure all of those things are out in the open, uh, it, so that when it comes to the thing actually happening, you've already established those boundaries. You've already established those ground rules. Uh, so you don't have to like make it up on the fly or, and, because then people will get angry because they don't have, they maybe had different expectations than their neighbor did. Um, so that can be that can be very helpful having like a session zero. Session zero is very much a very important part to like kind of set the tone and make sure everybody is on the same page. Um, but at the same time, make sure that it's not setting up like a like a not like a a, a solid box, but like a hollow box where you can build out to the box. I guess. Right. That, that setting boundaries, right? And you're not you're not trying to railroad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, and I remember what I was going to say, I was going to say consistency is important too, right? Like, you know, you're trying to decide as much as you can about what the game's going to look like. So everyone knows, you know, what to expect, but you're going to miss things, right? Probably. And ultimately, if you have to make decisions during the game, the most important thing is that you're consistent about it, right? Like yeah. if you decide that um, when you, when someone rolls the wrong skill uh, and, you know, you hadn't thought about this before, like, okay, well, uh, you know, just, just reroll it. Cause it was the wrong skill. It doesn't matter what, it, what it was or how it turns out, just reroll it. And then later somebody rolls really badly and you're like, yeah, no, just, uh, it's the same bonus. Just keep that. Uh, then that other person might be really annoyed that, that they weren't required to reroll like they were. Um, the second person wasn't required to reroll like the first person. So, you know, I think consistency helps, right? Because then your split uh, second decision feels fair because it's consistent. Um, and if you do have to I, change I'm realizing. That, I'm realizing we probably need to actually do some of these things. <laughs> probably. I mean, because we, we, that sort of thing has occurred. Uh, and I don't think we've played together so long and know each other in real life. So if it's not, if we're annoyed at each other, it's, it's more in a joke, right? Like we don't really care. Yeah. 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 But you know, we, there, if you're there's talking not about as... strangers, you know, playing together, coming into a pretty nerve wracking space sometimes, or you're trying to be creative with people you don't know, yeah. and you don't know how they are. Uh, yeah. It's, it's good to know ahead of time. How it's going to look like. Yeah, that's that's what I'm realizing because as you're describing that, I was like, man, we waffle so hard oh, yeah. back and forth between <laughs> between those two things. Yeah, whether but, or I not mean, to re-roll or not. Yeah, we're well, not gonna because get it, so. exactly. Yes, yeah, because we already have a camaraderie with each other, and most of the time it's like we go by our gut instinct. It's like, oh, does it seem fair that we should re-roll that or not? As opposed to when you don't have that kind of already shared camaraderie and shared experience uh, doing games together constantly, yeah. uh, you you can yeah run into those issues very easily. Which uh, is, I guess, an important note, right? Like the, the people you're playing with matter too. Yes. Um, like history. Comfortable. Yeah. The history with your players because uh, I'm gonna just take the sick Jared for example. You two both know he's capable of in an RPG setting. <laughs> Throw him, take Jared and Caleb and you. Throw three of you in a game where Caleb's a GM with a bunch of strangers and Jared starts pulling his stuff. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, some people might not know what to expect. That might frustrate them. Right. And, yeah. 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 I, I remember there being um, a couple times, um, you know, with a new player uh, where 
either yeah, like Jared or someone like Jared who who you know gets away with shenanigans because we're all used to him getting away with these certain shenanigans or whatever. Yeah. And and it's not it's all in good fun and you know but but like there's an expectation from another player maybe who's not as familiar with the way Jared plays role playing games or the way anyone in particular plays role playing games. Uh, depending on what this sort of thing is, but the sort of thing where, uh, yeah, you have a shared history with a, with a player, or, um, yeah, and it can create a lot of frustration when you th- those uh, connections aren't being made, and everyone else is in on the joke, mm-hmm. but then one person is like, "Wait a second, why do they get this thing?" You know, a lot of times this can happen too with um, people who are really familiar with the rules of a game and then the new player who comes in and doesn't know the rules of the game and then feels like their character is obviously underpowered from everybody else. Like, how are they even? Yeah. And and the the key there is to not, is to be good players, right? Like, don't, don't um, overwhelm the new player with... Uh, all this information don't don't act like they're stupid for not optimizing <laughs> right. their character. All all of those things yeah. are important things to keep in mind. Yeah, and playstyles. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times, first playing with you guys, uh, Trevor would make me feel like that, and <laughs> uh, he he basically one time he said, "Have you even read the rules?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Trevor. <laughs> I mean, but Seth, how'd you at that point? Uh, look, you and you and you and Connor were teaching me on the fly, like yeah. five minutes before every session. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we're gonna go over this today, and, yeah. and, and honestly, uh, that's fine. Like, you, if somebody is like, "Here's a 600 page rule book. Study this. Know it well enough that you don't have to ask me questions, or we can't play." They're never gonna. They're just gonna think you're a jerk, and they're right. Yep. So, like, you, it's totally fine to be like, "I don't understand the rules. Can you teach them as you go?" And obviously. You don't want to have the the sole burden of that be on the GM because that's kind of a lot. Uh, people, other people can help out, right? But I don't. I don't think it's healthy to expect someone to know the whole game when they've never played before, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's they shouldn't have to do a ton of homework to have fun. It's it's a game for sure. Uh, you know, maybe maybe teach them the very basics and be like, well, let's teach you as a go. Um, and we've done that before, and it works pretty well. Like, and sometimes you even get more. You know, you, you all, I always hear stories about people who on their first time don't really know what they can do. So they come up with some pretty fun ideas. And uh, that's because they're not being, you know, sort of corralled by the rules yet. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think sometimes it's even better. But for sure. Um, uh, Seth, all right, here, I'm going to pass it to you, Seth. Um, we usually play uh, in person these days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, I'm cu- I'm curious about cuz I'm I'm looking through this like list of things that I have and there's another list that I found on uh an, you know someone listing their table rules and kind of sharing um a bunch of other people sharing theirs. And uh you know you know cell phones and stuff comes up. I I'm curious just in general Seth what what do you think the differences are having done both um like on in online and in person? What are the like maybe things that are different between the the two and like what we need to watch out for in one that um, specifically, specifically, I'm thinking about in-person stuff because you do more in-person role-playing games than we do these days. So one of the things I've actually thought about, I do a lot of uh, Warhammer-themed RPGs, so Rogue nice. Trader, De- uh, Death Watch. Uh, Sick. Yeah, nice. I love it. It's fun. It's super mm-hmm. fun. I re- if you if you guys ever get into it, I recommend it. Um, the D100 system's a little, uh, but... <laughs> what what kind of character do you play? Do you play a Psyker? Uh, uh, no, so I play what is called a Voidmaster. He's basically a... Okay. Uh, pilot gotcha okay nice good stuff master of the void of space i see 
You don't want to be the navigator. Like, you don't want your your brain to melt. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> and then I also have a Space Marine character, uh, of course, nice. who gets tossed around like a ragdoll all the time. What, by what? <laughs> uh the bugs, the Tyranid. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, <laughs> this is a little we're, tangential. We're, we're, uh, sorry. We're, Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so fault, like in per- in person, I I noticed that my biggest thing with in person is uh, I will watch people fudge their rolls oh, and be like, yeah, like like cover their dice, like oh critical, mm. uh, or like take uh, three point five when it's disgusting critical rolls, like oh I rolled a twenty, <laughs> just drops the dice, like actual visual like actually like seeing people roll their dice and it is just uh cheating in person is just a lot easier to catch oh, mm-hmm. yeah well and it's a lot easier I, to I, attempt too <laughs> yeah and then i think with the digital rpgs that you guys do um can we call them digital or is it roll 20 yeah. still digital tabletop yeah 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 okay so digital ta- your digital tabletop your dice are all electronic but the, i also feel like yeah. the rng the rng on that is just awful personally it feels that way <laughs> it feels that way but i've had multiple very smart people explain it to me and it is as about random as you can get <laughs> okay rng is not fun <laughs> Let's be no honest. yeah i mean it, you know i get tangent aside it's some of the most fun thing in the world to come up with superstitions about rolling so yeah mm-hmm. So almost uh, almost twenty five percent of the reason we play role play games in the first place. And, <laughs> and I, honestly, another thing too is when you're playing with when you're uh, playing with other people, you you shouldn't. I don't ever don't know why we have to make this rule in the summer, but everybody has to put on deodorant before they come over to this person's house. <laughs> hygiene, hygiene, dude. Like even at card shops to play magic, I there's they yep. they have a, a hygiene policy and a rule. You will be kicked out of the game if you smell bad. Uh, it's bad. That's so uh, hygiene, uh, cheating. Um, honestly, also just general like managing all these other uh, personalities as well is kind of hard to in person. Mm-hmm. Because being for, being screen to screen instead of face to face is you yeah, that. I, I think like cross talking is a, definitely a lot more, a bigger of a problem in. Uh uh in person where and sometimes that can be uh like uh a benefit right because because yeah yeah, you know people can have side conversations um while everything's going on and it can you know feed back into what's going on but uh i i I think the more that i've become more that i play the more i don't like that sort of stuff because it feels like uh it, it always distracts me uh and and feels and maybe it's just because i've been doing online so much but it always I, I can't like, for example, Critical Role, I just can't listen to Critical Role because like I literally cannot keep straight who's talking ever. Yeah, like uh, where to because listen. there's there's so much like back chatter happening and, and like just constant like co- side conversations happening in whispers uh, that I just and, 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 and part of this is, you know, pr- preference. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, t- having a session zero is good for this. Because there might be one, th- you know, things that uh, annoy one one group that one anno- annoy another group, uh, and it's good to hash those things out. I feel like there are probably just some lines that just shouldn't be crossed, like cheating and mm-hmm. <laughs> having proper hygiene. Yeah, um, true. But well, uh, yeah, but these are hu- but these are humans, and yeah. you have to pr- quite literally spell it out for some people. Right. Don't cheat. Yeah. Wash your hair, right. etc. That's a nice thing about again, you know 
playing with people you know is you don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. but that's often not an option so it's you know it's a different dynamic when it's not someone you know. in fact i i um played a game with a group and they had played together quite a lot but i hadn't played with them before and my character was an assassin and so i literally during my downtime i just go out and murder random people and make money from it and uh i mean obviously this was a secret from my group uh in character but I was very obvious about it out of character. I was like, oh, man, someone killed that guy. That's that's crazy. <laughs> oh, my money. Um, and I was super obvious about it. And I remember one time some one of the other players got really mad at me or annoyed at me for doing that. Like, I like. I guess he was he was trying to ignore those those signs. And then I was basically blatant about it one time, almost like I almost said that I did it. Um, Although I think it fa- the fact they gotten me on camera and my character was trying to pretend it wasn't him, <laughs> so I felt like even in it felt like it was pretty clear, yeah, out of the back. But they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's basically they they wanted to be surprised." They told me about a time that uh, they played a like a a LARP thing um, where everyone's vampires and stuff, and everybody's background was secret. It was it, basically the, the edgy guy who doesn't tell you anything about his character because he wants to be cool. They were all yeah. that to the max, yeah. right? That was the point of the game, and he really enjoyed Vampire that. the Masquerade? I, probably, yeah, because he, he really enjoyed that because he you know wanted to be surprised by stuff, which is fine. That's not wrong, but it's yeah. totally completely opposite of how I've ever played with, with you guys or any of the other groups yeah. I've played with. Yeah. So, you know, it, and that honestly wasn't even a thing that was on my radar, but I think that's a, a point of perspective right to make sure that when you're going into a new group that things are clear because i mean that's such a random personal preference thing but you know it's important and uh i think it's it's hard to i think the more the more you run into those kind of things the, the easier it becomes to anticipate them and cover them in something like a, a session zero but i think it's really kind of like a trial and error sort of thing just learning what kind of things are you, you know a group might differ from you in yeah one of the things that that brings to mind is the importance of the game you're playing inter like interacting with this. Um, a lot of times a game like Dungeons and Dragons won't give you a lot of direction as to mm-hmm. what the game is trying to say about those particular things. But something like Burning Wheel, for example, um, you have your beliefs are public to all the characters, right? Mm-hmm. You read them aloud at the beginning of every session and at the end of every session. And so if your character is a secret assassin who's killing everybody, everyone knows it. And that's part of the game. Uh, And so that will set up an expectation for the players. Even if they want something to be secret, they know that uh, that's just not the game we're playing. Right. That, you know, if you want that sort of game, then you play something else. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it can be helpful to uh, like pick the right game too, where where it's actually giving you that direction as to like what what it what it wants to be and everyone can because it does some of the legwork for you right like everyone Mm -hmm. can come to the table and and be like oh we're playing apocalypse world okay i know what that's gonna be like Mm -hmm. right things are gonna get very Mm -hmm. weird uh you know like and (laughs) you're gonna we're gonna have to be okay with that being weird and you know random people being killed and like that's what this game is gonna be about as opposed to dungeons and dragons who knows what Dungeons and Dragons game is going to be about. We know it's going to be about killing things and getting treasure. But beyond that, uh, I don't know. Like then you'll have to, you know, figure those things out as a group. Right. Um, It does depend a lot on the game you're playing. For sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that is, that is, that's a good point. Um, I do think that uh, other RPG systems have kind of uh, helped simplify that kind of stuff a lot easier. Uh, They've worked in 
party balancing with your burning wheel announcing everything uh apocalypse system i'm not totally familiar with it but it you got the way you've talked about last time we were on here you made it very clear that there's not a lot of room for wishy-washy stuffness um but like D, we were playing 3.5 for what four years five years I mean, the total time, amount of time we played that Savage Tide campaign was 2010 to 2018, but you know, not all of that was. It was like two regular. sessions in a six-year <laughs> period. There, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so we were playing 3.5, and 3.5 is just wow. I, I I look at fifth edition and I look at Pathfinder 2.0, and I'm just like, why do we? Why why do we waste? almost a decade on 3.5 because 3.5 was just a hot mess. I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure there was a whole lot out like between 2010 and 2014. Like what our other option was Pathfinder, which is basically just 3.5, you know, a little bit more streamlined, but then uh, fourth edition. <laughs> fourth edition was World of Warcraft. That's what we were talking yeah, exactly. About. Yeah, we didn't want to do that. So um, uh, I, 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 I'll give us a pass for that. But I, I understand what you mean, though. Um, the the system did us no favors with with those sorts of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much just a numbers game, and then everything else was like, oh, you just kind of make up whatever else you want this to be after the fact. Um, but yeah, um, a game is a, a game can definitely have in influence on those sorts of things, and um, a lot of a lot of times, like players don't understand that too, and that's something mm-hmm. that is is interesting to consider. Um, you know, players w- who have played fifth edition, two two different players who played fifth edition for ten years, can have wildly different conceptions of what the game is supposed to be like, um, just because the game doesn't give a, as much direction as maybe something like Apocalypse World, um, and so you know, maybe there's there's a shared experience like because of the internet, like, I mean, it's kind of brought people closer to a shared experience in that sense right. but there's still going to be a lot of difference there and so it is still helpful to do like a session zero talk about what are expectations i always like to talk about tone and and talk about it like it's a tv show right so it's like what is this rated um right what is you know if this was a, a novel what would what, what would the genre be um because that will tell us what what conventions to expect right if we're if we're playing a dark fan you know crone inquisitors we're doing a dark fantasy game Pretty much anything's on the table, right? We got, we got violence galore. We have there's incest, not on screen, but like you know, the, there's been your characters involved with incest. It's it gets we we ta- we tackle all the mature themes that we want to, and that was the expectation from day one. Um, but then you have something else. You know, we did we're, you know heroes in training. This this our game, our masks game that we just started. Um, very lighthearted superhero game. Right. Um, not like super lighthearted, you know, still like my I hero was person got, Yeah, my hero, you know, a person still got much their chest punched through, I think, in the first session. But still, there's there's proper expectations that aren't there. Uh, there's different expectations from like a dark fantasy or, or, mm. or any other genre that you can take into consideration as well. Um, let's talk about. Uh, being so, so one of the things I have on this my streaming guidelines list that I send out to people is um, <clears throat> the last thing on here is be kind and considerate of others' ideas, input, and participation. Don't steal the spotlight and don't shut down someone else. Let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about um, yes anding and not like no budding or you know like <laughs> being a proper improv partner 
in this sense, right? Like b accepting other players' ideas and not immediately shutting them down. It's the GM's job, right? In a lot of cases to um, play arbiter if a, a, like something literally is just not possible. But even then, most, most good GMs are going to say um, no, but at the very worst case, right? It, it's right, going to be yeah. a, no, you can't do that. But this other thing that's also that's similar is possible. And let's do that instead. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's good to be, to, to, to keep that in mind, be considerate of other people's input and, and be a good improv mm -hmm. partner. Don't shut people down. Don't just say no to something. Uh, try to right. feed into each other's creativity. Yeah, we actually, I yeah, I love it how you bring that up because uh, we did have a really interesting improv session last time we played Rogue Trader. Um, our party was being overwhelmed by orcs and uh, our party leader, which is who is the Rogue Trader, um, killed the, he the head orc at the time that was in charge of all the orcs. And as soon as we killed that orc, she, go she goes over the orc's dead body and says, I'm the boss now. And we had a whole like five minute uh monologue and improv and we ended up with all these orcs rebuilding our ship for us and uh nice. the D the gm was like the gm was very 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 accommodating to that and it was very very fun um but within reason because they wanted uh the, the first round of uh talking was like now kill yourselves but then i'm like no 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 we can they can rebuild their ship for us <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah so. Yeah, and a good GM will will sense that and be like, okay, I guess this is going to be a game about make, befriending the orcs instead mm -hmm. of killing the orcs, right? Like, just going with what the players and specifically the characters are interested in, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you oh, know, we, we wanted we off that come, rock anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can come back to, you know, like pro setting proper expectations uh, all, all day long with these sorts of things too, right? Like, what, mm -hmm. what, what do we think the game is going to be like? But there will always be situations where, especially the GM will have a, uh, you know, the, the players will take a left turn and you'll have to yeah. adapt. And the best thing to do in that situation is to play into it and not try right. to like uh, shut it down or back it up or just go into it. Even if it's going to be a hot mess, just that, okay, that's yeah. the game now. It's a hot mess. Right? Well, and that's a big part of not railroading people, right? It's like it, you don't take away their agency by saying no when it's possible. Obviously, it's the player's responsibility to be narrating their character and attempting things that are reasonable and their character yeah. would try. Uh, and, you know, your character is going to understand if something is implausible, probably. Uh, so, you know, that's that's on the player, but assuming that the player's done their job there, the GM should be doing their best to accommodate that. Not necessarily to say yes, but to to find a way for that to you know be a thing that they can at least attempt in the fiction. And that's mm -hmm. yeah, a big part of not not railroading, right? Um, and that's the difference I think between a GM who railroads and one who has a structure, right? You can have a structured plot, and that's fine. Um, and, and like a general idea where things are going, but people still need to be able to have agency and, and make decisions or they're not, they're not playing a role-playing game. They're just, you know, acting yeah, to me out that, your play. To me, that makes it even more fun, right? Because I have, you know, oh, yeah. a list of things that are happening in the world and what the players do is going to impact what's happening in the world and it's going to have consequences, right? Like, and, mm -hmm. you know, where it would have been way easier for the players to do X, but instead they do Y, great i get to make their lives even harder now right because they've made <laughs> right. the wrong decision and now we're going to see where that leads right <laughs> yeah I, and i think it's important to allow them to make their own decision uh, yeah and there's also like the railroader and then the person with structure but then there's also the pushover <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah yep <laughs> there's yeah, also don't, the, don't go too far in the other direction yep there's also the pushover and i i think uh anyone who's ever like ran a game at least once was kind of a pushover in at least one time yeah. Um, 
I'm sure. Because you're trying to find the balance. balance. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to say no, but, you know, this seems a little unreasonable, but you don't really know how to maybe say that yet. And yeah, yeah, I I made that mistake. My pushover instance was I gave everybody named weapons out of the player's handbook. Oh, I (laughs) in fifth edition. And I talked to Kayla about this and uh, I got so mad because I was like, okay, you know what? Shipwreck, all you guys is your stuff. I'm done. You guys, you guys are being jerks about it. I'm, I'm so done. And the amount of times I did that early on in my GM campaign, <laughs> that exact thing is too many to count. Uh, no, it's, it's not too many to count, but it's, it's more than it, way more than yeah, it should have more been. More than you'd like to admit. Yeah, <laughs> more than I'd like to admit. That, that's, that's the right term. Yeah, I, specifically, I remember Jared. Um, <laughs> getting full plate mail armor and I it's it was probably just us not reading the rules right but he basically just became impregnable I could never hit him mm-hmm. uh and so I was like you know what the ship you're on starts to sink and uh sorry buddy you're going to drown if you don't take this armor off and then he remembered that he had a potion of bull strength and I was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's DD so, for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's Jared for you. What you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. But this was Connor, right? No, it was Jared. So, oh, I thought you said Connor. Yeah, yeah no, I said Jared. If, I might have said Connor, but I meant Jared. Oh, okay. I, I mean, you also did that time when in Savage Shy when Connor somehow ended up with a ring of invisibility and mm-hmm. those boot and those boots. That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> mm, no, no, no. Yeah. That was another instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what about the time where Trevor could swim like a hundred feet per second in full plate armor or something like that? Well, or, it was specifically it was sorry. full it was full plate armor that all like of the deep. So it was it specifically oh, yeah, made the point. for yeah. yeah, it was the entire. But he also point. had like a bunch of other buffs to his swim speed. I was gonna say he, his... he had an AC of forty by the end of the campaign. So, yeah. Um, again, that's three point five for you specifically. Well, <laughs> that, Trevor... that wasn't my fault. That's just the game. Yeah, that wasn't your fault. That was that was the dragon. Was a dragon. Lizard folk dragon shaman thing. It was just Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a lizard folk thing. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, another another note I have on here is, um, uh, and this is something that is a little bit more difficult to do, um, or it's easy. It's easier to get away with in online formats. It's um, not being engaged in what's happening. Right. Mm, it's yeah, very easy when. Like everyone can tell when you're on your phone in the middle of a table, right? Like, and, and you're like not paying attention. But it's also it's very easy to be like, I'm scrolling through Facebook now, and I look like I'm paying attention because I'm staring at the same spot I was staring at when I was paying attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then suddenly, and and this is me. I'm I'm telling on myself here. I've I've been a bad player uh, because I usually don't have to worry about this self discipline problem uh because I'm the GM and I have to be on 100% all the time <laughs> but when I Connor was GMing uh, a couple of years ago I realized how easy it was to just not pay attention and scroll on Twitter or whatever else I was doing I think I was literally playing Magic the Gathering Arena on <laughs> for a significant portion of that campaign <laughs> during scenes I wasn't in but then Connor yeah. would would say hey you know Caleb this thing is happening and I'd be like I'm going to, I probably usually attempted about two to three sentences of hemming and hawing, pretending like I knew what was going Trying on. to figure it out fi- by what before you did I, here. Yep, before yeah. I finally admitted that I had no idea what was going on and needed to be filled in again. Um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's fair. Yeah. 
and and I usually like to describe it as be a good audience member, right? Like if you mm-hmm. if you're not in the scene, then you are now part of the audience, and and your mm-hmm. job is to be a good audience member, right? Uh, is to be you know, be engaged not only so you can remember, you, you, like you can uh, have the context for later on in the game when you can bring up that thing again, right? Like from that other character scene, but also so that uh, if you if someone needs input or if you know you know, you just suggest input at a proper moment that's going to increase the everybody's enjoyment of the game. Uh, if you're not paying attention, you can't do that, right? Be a good audience member, be engaged in what's happening. And uh, so then we can all collectively, you know, do this together, even if you're not in the scene. So, um, like, so like, if so if, say, like, your character is miles away from that scene but it's between two characters is or is that engagement still 100 percent expected yeah i mean uh, I, yeah because you're because you your character wouldn't have knowledge of that scene technically in the world that is another thing to talk about is player character knowledge um i still think it's better i and this is just again might be my background. We we do games to be shows too, right? Like we're we're doing it as like a um, content. Um, and so for me, I want everybody to be engaged in everything because then we can all help each other to make the game better as everything's going on. But yes, yeah, sometimes you know it is it can be helpful. And most of the time, we do this with just separate off out of session things, right? If it really mm-hmm. matters that a care that players don't characters don't know what's going on just don't have it be part of the regular session, right? Like okay, do it right. in messages or like off sc- in, in between sessions mm-hmm. um, because then we don't have to take up time that could be going to everyone, right? Um, with with just one person. Yeah, and I think, because um, you know, I always imagine role-playing games as like, you're you're writing a story together, right? And as the co-authors, you can make a better story if you all know what's happening. Yeah. That, and that's my own personal opinion. Obviously, it's not like yeah. required that you it's not look a hard at it and fast way. rule. Yeah. yeah. But it's like if you if you all know what's happening, then you're you can help another character's story be more engaging yeah. in your narration, even if your character doesn't know what's going on, right? And I think you, you can look for opportunities to improve that that character's, you know, to like help whatever's going on with them through your character, obviously not in a way that, that they're using meta knowledge, but just, you know, habits, hits, whatever. And, you know, you can't really do that if you have no idea what's going on. And also I think it's just healthier for you to be interested in the characters. You know, yeah. you're going to have a lot more engagement with the other characters and interest in them. If you know what's going on with them. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of checking out when it's not my turn, right? Like that it's, it's takes work. I think uh, an intentionality to do that. Yep. But I do think it improves the the experience for everybody. And I actually think I really like games like Fate for having things like Compels where yeah. you have a reason to be invested in what they're doing because you can compel them to do things, right? You, you have a sort you of a shared you. narrative power, right? And so you can only exercise that if you're paying attention, right? Um, and if you have a thought for something that might make the story cooler, there's a mechanical thing to interact with instead of just being, you know, trying to remember it. Um, so I really like that about games like Fade and, and the other games have had this sort of thing as well. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, as long as it, no one's like running off to play World of Warcraft in the middle of the big fight scene. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and and yeah, it, it, there's that line too, right? It's like if even if you're not playing in the way that we usually play, where everyone's kind of like helping each other and co-jamming stuff and bringing up bringing up things, uh, when in a scene they're not in, at the very least you should be not distracting everyone else from doing the scene that they're in, right? Like you, <laughs> right, you shouldn't yeah. be actively taking away from what's happening. For sure, at the very um, least, yeah. Yeah, at the very, very least. Um, and, and, and part of it's like, especially in a game like Dungeons and Dragons, where it's easy to, you know, have a turn, you know, three turns, four turns, five turns pass, and it's not your turn yet in the combat, and it's been a while, and might as well just check your phone, and then suddenly it's your turn, and something just happened in the combat that you yeah. really should have paid attention to, and now you need to rethink everything you're going to do. Like, it's mm-hmm. just better to pay attention uh, to yeah. those things, it, yeah. especially at the very least, like at the very, very bottom of the barrel. Don't distract other people from the scene that they're in, mm-hmm. even if you're not in the scene. And if you are in the scene, if like your character is in any way tangentially right. involved, you yeah. should be paying attention to some degree so that you can actually react be. appropriately. <laughs> yeah. And I will say. Just from a gameplay perspective, if you're playing a tactically focused game or even not really, but especially something like 5e, usually it's best to know. uh, Ideally, you want everyone to know what they're going to do with their turn before their turn comes so that combat is faster. Combat can take a very long time in 5e, especially if it gets to your turn. You're like, cool, let me see what everyone else has done and figure out what I want to do. But if it comes to your turn, you're like, yeah, I know what I've known what I wanted to do for two, two turns, other people's turns, then it's a lot snappier. Obviously that might change if something dramatic had just yeah. happened, but it, yep. at least if that happened, you can just adjust your plan. Um, but I think that that's, especially for something like 5e where your turns can take some time. It's yep. just good etiquette to, to have prepared as much as possible, which can only happen if you're paying attention um, mm-hmm. or you're a paladin and, or a fighter and you would be doing the same thing regardless of what happened. Hell could freeze over and you're just making attacks. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, uh, just but, let me axe and surge and swing a hundred times. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it doesn't really matter what happened. I, I got one thing. So I just, just, just tell know. me who to swing at. <laughs> yeah. It's just whoever's in front of me when it gets to my yeah. turn gets it, you know, yeah. so. but like, but like technical characters, like sorcerers, healers. Yeah. And if you got 30 uh, spells. Yeah. You have an idea at least of what which one you're throwing we, out. We have uh, the the current our D and D five e campaign currently Terra Invicta um, mm-hmm. that I do on Thursday nights. Uh, we have almost every single character is multiclassed. Um, oh jeez, two or three times. Um, we have right. uh, a monk rogue fighter, a artificer fighter rogue, jeez. and uh, a bard barbarian. Uh, so what you're saying then, uh, is nobody has second attack. <laughs> uh, well, uh, no, actually, I think most of them do. We're a level like 12, 13. Think, we just turned level no, 13. So the, the monk should have like three or four. Uh, the monk yeah. has like six attacks. But yeah, basically, like there, a lot of those characters are Swiss Army knives, right? They have right, so yeah. many different things they can do. Um, and, and there's one player in particular who it, it, it takes a lot of work to like be able to sort through all of the like literal sure. utility belts of things that he can do. Um, but what we like to like to emphasize is even, you know, even if you can't figure out what you want to do beforehand, if you know like, things change enough times and you have so many different things, you're trying to figure out the optimal thing. Um, just ask the other cast members for help, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. actually ask the other, the other players, hey, let's figure out together what I should do so that we can keep things moving, um, right? Don't just stand, don't just sit there staring at your character sheet, ask for help, right? Right. Yeah. I do wish that was a class in Baldur's Gate, the artificer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, you know, actually, I, I think that, that there's an interesting point off of that because... Yeah. Um, 
as far as giving advice, I think that's a big point of, of like a balanced too, right? Like I find I naturally, especially if I'm playing with people who haven't played with 5e a lot, um, I tend to give too much advice. Uh, I never tell someone do this, at least I try not to, but I'm often like, this is probably what you should do, right? Like this would be the optimal thing. And 5e, so, you know, usually there's a pretty obvious path yeah. uh, for most turns. And so I, part of me is like, I this person's not familiar with the game. They don't know what the optimal path is. I'd like to explain it. So that they have, they slowly get an idea of when to use things, but also I have to be careful not to just be playing the game for them, right? Because then they're not going to have any fun. They have to, they want to make decisions too. That's the game, um, and so I think that's a big point of of etiquette as well is to try and strike a balance between when someone asks for help or needs help and they look like they're waffling because they're not sure what to do, then you can you know give them a, a, a helpful suggestion, but it's probably best to avoid that otherwise, which is you know something I, I still need to get better at, but. Um, yep. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, an important one as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. we don't want to spoil the fun for them. Yeah, and you also don't want to like build their character. Uh, think, sure. think, think going back to a couple times where I was like completely brain dead on leveling up my character. Caleb had to pick a couple of my feats for me a couple of times, just be like, "Yeah, what do I do? What do I do?" And Hey, and also the internet's a thing. Just look up a path. Like, there's so many builds mm-hmm. out there, for, especially for five e. Like, just yeah, just look up what would be the right thing to do. Um, it's also just, true. Yeah, yeah. Very, very easy to f- like find cool, cool builds that other people have, have figured out uh, I, in advance. I do. I do appreciate 5e for its simplicity in that aspect where mm-hmm. it's definitely all online now and it's good. Um, Seth, are there any other things that um, are maybe like uh, in person specific that you can think of to me that aren't are, aren't things that like you would just like kick someone out of a game for, but more like subtle things? Um, uh, like obviously, like you know, uh, what happens when the the die goes off the table and stuff like so, that. Yeah, so uh, I think just a standard rule, uh, standard rule zero for uh, my my purse is if the dice, if the dice leaves the, we have a little box. It's like a like a little chess box. I, yeah, it, we roll the dice in that. If it pops out of that, it's a dead die. We have to re-roll. Mm, yep. Um, yep. and then uh, other things is like. Uh, if you're, if we'll only repeat what happens like once or twice mm-hmm. in, a, in a combat scenario because there's seven of us and yeah, yeah no. so you got to keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a big, a big part of it is trying to keep it moving. Um, scheduling, uh, scheduling break. A schedule if we're in, in for a long session, we schedule a break. Uh, like two up, like every two to two to two and a half hours. Use the bathroom, get a drink, order the food, whatever you, whatever have you. Um, I do think uh, another really, a really good ho- house rule that we have is uh, just uh, a house rule that my friend Tim runs is uh, you don't if you're late, your character's technically on autopilot. And okay. if uh, you're, you're if you if you know you're going to be late, you just text the, the GM what your character is going to be doing up until you get there. Mm. Kind of like how we would have Nate sleep for months. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. His character would be asleep in the bottom of the boat during most mm. of the sessions. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. yeah. That's something, that's something to talk about. Um, uh, absences and and late party members and stuff like that. What what do you think, David? About 
Oh, that I mean, it's been a while since we've like done anything yeah. in person. But what's, yeah, I mean, what's our gut usual, instinct? Our usual thing is to do something else, but that's probably not a uh, feasible true. option for everybody, yeah. right? Not everybody is like we have ten uh, game systems that we've been waiting to play and have like a whole list, a literal list of of games that we want to do. I uh, expanded everyone, it out even more, David. The other day, I have oh, like an geez. entire pitch deck just like yeah. 20 pages of a Google doc. It's amazing. Jeez. Yeah. And not everybody's like, you know, not every table has that flexibility. So, you know, if you're a table that doesn't, then I suppose you, you just want to have a way to, to continue with that game. And yeah, I, I honestly don't know if I have a preference on that kind of thing. Cause it's like, for one, if you, if you have a character just kind of do what they would do, right. You run the risk of sort of violating their agency, right. Usually you can tell what the character would do based on what they've done in the past but still you know you want to be careful not to be like you know, or get them killed while they're not there like that's an awkward situation right but also sometimes it's hard to be like okay characters are not here um so yeah it's it's hard to say I, I you know usually i've seen gms try and come up with a reason why the character couldn't be there for a session but that's not always you know an easy thing to do so i, I don't know if i've yeah. really found something that i thought really worked uh, other than just making a bunch of different games, <laughs> which is maybe not the best. <laughs> yeah, answer. Just, every every time you have a different, I, I think we definitely at one point had like a different campaign for every con- configuration of players that could possibly have been from our gaming group. We just right, had yeah. kept kept starting game new games, <laughs> different games, and whenever that it would just be that person would be like, I guess we're doing that one again. <laughs> right, I just sound super exhausting. <laughs> Especially because Caleb GM'd almost all of them, so. If there's yeah. like uh, in the in the rogue trader crazy, one, though. in the rogue trader one, our rule for absences, if there's like three of us absent, we'll just watch a movie or we'll do like mm. take a take a shopping day on on the campaign, restocking oh, yeah, so, just do like boring stuff. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ma- a maintenance day basically. Right. Um, you mean the entirety of the game of Torchbearer? <laughs> the boring uh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I got a question for you since yeah. you, you GM more than me, uh, I think by a lot. Uh, have, when you have like, I, you, you generally have a pretty sound. Uh, have you ever had to like break up an argument between some players that were. Uh, it hasn't happened in a long time. Usually, not, usually not if something like that comes up, we talk about it after the game. Right. And I think that's a good rule of thumb is don't yeah. bring up the don't like, deal with personal stuff at, don't, at the table. Exactly. Don't probably. deal with personal stuff at the table. And, and a lot of times it's not it's not like people having issues with each other. It's just maybe people yeah. having issues with me <laughs> or well, like specifically not like personal issues, but like an issue with the game or something yeah, like something right. that happened in the game and they're upset about it. And we want to talk about it after the fact. Uh, yeah, I always found I, I try to I think I'm good enough at this point to notice when something is like wrong when someone like players weren't about the thing that happened like just recently in a game um in in our 5e campaign i i made a decision um a, a character as said they wanted to do something and then i gave them like some consequences and then kind of f- like forced them through the not not really thinking about it like just been like, okay well we're doing this now and like we have to roll make the rolls and a bunch of bad things were happening based on that role and mm-hmm. there was a piece of information that i'd given them and that they didn't have a chance to say oh because of that i would take back this action right like before we had actually rolled anything they would have like but i just kind of kept going without giving them a chance to say anything and i could Mm -hmm. tell like Mm -hmm. no one was into what was happening i was like 
okay, well, let, let's talk about this. Are we not okay with what's happening right here? And the, the player spoke up and was like, well, actually, when, once you said that, I immediately was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And like, my character would not have attempted this knowing mm-hmm. that. And I was like, okay, sounds good. We can retcon and go backwards. Um, so just just trying to be cognizant of like the mood of of the game. It, a lot of times it just takes practice and, and oh, yeah. like experience. For sure. And um, you have so but, many other things you're juggling at the same time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes mm-hmm. you're just working on a puzzle and then you're like, oh, wait, this yeah. is, he doesn't like where the puzzle's going. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but then other times there'll be sessions. We just recently had uh, the end of our kind of arc here uh, in, in that 5e game and the characters lost. Um, right. They they went up against a monster that was too strong for them. They were not able to defeat the monster off like uh, half of the party died. And it was like NPCs, like um, oh. a bunch of the NPCs, all of the NPCs pretty much that came with them died. Um, they were, you know, less powerful. So it, it was mm-hmm. yeah. it, it was it was likely it was going to happen anyway. But they like like four NP- NPCs died like very quickly in the combat. Um, and everyone was bummed about the session, but I thought about it and I was like, I don't know. If, I don't think there's anything to change here. Like it, it's a bummer. Like they lost, but like it wasn't anyone's fault. I don't think I pushed things too hard. Like they made like strategic decision. Fight. It yeah. wasn't, well, it was like unfair in, in, in a sense, right? Like, uh, like I had been, they, there had been a bunch of combats in a row that they couldn't heal from. Like they just had to keep going through this dungeon. And the, the last boss was like really difficult. And it was always planned to be this, this difficult. I didn't cheat. Yeah. I didn't like make them harder. I actually <laughs> right. made it. I actually roll. made it easier for them. I, I, if I, I actually fudged a role and this is the, one of the first times I've done this in a long, <laughs> long time. I yeah. fudged a role live on, on screen. Um, a character would not have killed this NPC, but the, they had built this moment up so much. We were all cheering them on and they didn't quite get enough damage to kill the NPC and I was, or to kill the monster. And I was like, you kill it. Um, <laughs> right. I just said, you know, it's dead. Like I'm going to give you that victory because they were, it was such a brutal combat. Yeah. Um, but I got to the end of it and I was like, I mean, but, but also this is just the way the story went, right? Like they didn't all, mm-hmm. none of them died. None, none of the players died, right? All yeah. their characters are still alive. Now they have to deal with the consequences of like, oh, all their friends have, have died and we still have to defeat this other thing. And I, I was like, you know what? It was a bummer session. We all felt it was a bummer session, but it wasn't a bummer session because anyone did anything wrong. I felt, mm-hmm. um, it's just a it's low just point those, in the story, right? Yeah. Low point in the story. Have those, you know? a, and stories have this. Mm-hmm. And and that's in a, a storytelling too. You yep. can't have every battle can't be a success in in that storytelling. Yep. We when Savage tried when we all got dog walked by the seaweed monster. Me and Connor died. Connor and I, oh, sorry. Yeah, this five E campaign. This is the this, this, the Savage Tide reboot that we've been doing. Uh, uh, um, it, it was the very it was the very last adventure we actually played all the way through the, the one in the Underdark. Oh, the um, Demogorgon one or the Ooze? no? That was the, the like the one shot that we did where we wrapped everything up. the The last thing was like you know you guys were underground and were fighting uh like a monster who was trying to eat Jared's character's brain. Um, it's like a weird mm-hmm. alien city or whatever underground. <laughs> Um, same, same sort of situation. They ended up, uh, defeating that guy really easily, but then the other villain, they had a really hard time with, but anyway, all that being said, um, it's, it's not enough to just be like, oh, that was a bummer. I guess I should have retcon everything that happened. Uh, sometimes that's okay. Right. Like, uh, it, it, it just takes a lot of experience and, and practice to know. Um, and, and I would say experience and practice, but like the most important thing you can do is, is touch base with your players after a session. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, and this is just something you could generally do always, you know, like we do after shows um, 
We have little Patreon ex- exclusive after shows that we do with most of our campaigns where we just talk about the game and and what went wrong, what went well, and what everybody liked about the session, what everybody didn't like about the session. Um, and it's very helpful for me to um, be able to evaluate how things went and whether or not I should keep, what I should push on in the future, what I should stay away from in the future. Um, so yeah, just just doing that work over time is going to give you those instincts. Hmm. Yep. Cool. Any other uh, last thoughts as we kind of wrap up here? Um, Anything else that come to mind? Nothing I can really think of. I think this is a topic we're going to be talking about for a while. <laughs> yeah, there's still more, lots more to talk about. For this sure. kind of stuff comes up in to some percentage or another in in most of the conversations we have, right? Like stuff yeah. about how you know what's a, the right way to do things or or the right right etiquette way to do things, right? That, that that's sort of mm-hmm. interwoven with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Since it's a social, it's a pretty blanket. Topic. It's a blanket topic. Yeah. I'll I'll leave you guys with one story to to finish off here. I was I was in a I was playing uh, in a game so. Started this, you know, Thursday night group, right? And um, it was because we all watched Blimey Cow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and knew each other through that. Uh, but then there were other people who were also starting games um, through this, like, Facebook group that was connected with Blimey Cow. And and so we, me and Alyssa, uh, one of the other players in our Thursday group, got invited to do, like, a, like join as guests for this other campaign that, that they were doing. And I have to say it was one of the most awkward experiences of my entire life because it was very obvious very quickly in that there were people who had real world problems with each other Mm -hmm. who were now who were taking it out in the game. Mm -hmm. And so we were trying to play our fun characters that we (laughs) came up with. And then suddenly, like the GM is just like. Uh, taking items away from a, a character and like making him like just throwing a bunch of things at this character specifically to get at him. And it was like one of the most awkward experiences of my entire life. Very, very stressful. I like we took a break in the middle of it and I almost didn't go back because I was like, I don't I can't do this. Like what's happening? Oh, I'm man. just like watching a massacre happen live <laughs> on screen. Um, So don't don't be like that. Right. Don't don't take out uh personal don't 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 bring personal issues yeah. into a game um certainly don't take sides against each other in the middle of a session and then have the pvp actually stand in for the splitting of the group that's happening right. in real time yeah again right uh, you're, you're you're separating your real life social problems from the game right just yeah. in general you know be an adult yeah. right be an adult don't yeah. don't bring that stuff into a game talk about it after the fact or if it's at all necessary just stop take a break Right. Uh, talk about something. If if like everyone's like, wait, 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 what's happening here? Like, <laughs> just talk about it. Right. Don't don't uh, keep going down that rabbit hole because eventually the, the group never played again after that day. <laughs> I, I Alyssa and I always joke that we we destroyed the the gaming group. Um, uh, <laughs> as soon as we as soon as we joined as guests, it fell apart. So that's you know. kind of funny. Yeah. That's, yeah. But yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, there you go. Thanks for coming on, Seth. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Anytime, anytime uh, I appreciate being a part of this. I like doing this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm off every That's... Sunday, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, I know we'll we'll have some other stuff in the future. We'll probably schedule out some stuff for uh, for March here coming up. Um, I think the next week the plan is to do a um, we're doing a one shot of my uh, game show tunes instead of the normal podcast time. We're gonna yeah, yeah. Do a one shot. It's gonna be a blast. Um, yes. And if you want to know about that game, which is a it's my love letter to musical 
uh, to musicals uh, in RPG form. Um, you can check out uh, the previous episode of Idle Inspiration that just dropped uh, on YouTube and uh, the um, uh, on Patreon for free. I, I put it up on Patreon, but it's it's for everybody. Um, the Playtoss documents for uh, the current iteration of the game. So you can check that, check it out there. Is that going to be streamed on Twitch or YouTube? It'll be on both. Yeah, I think, yeah, we do both these days. So. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Okay, dokie. David, you want to give us our outro? Yeah, thanks guys for joining us and we, uh, we hope you are inspired to play more role-playing games. See you next time.